I'm Arya Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Today, we're talking reactions, and then also the WNBA semifinals. show please consider joining our patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w i'm here with rachel galligan we're talking well out of we're we're at a loss for words the aces win a nail biter uh in las vegas against the chicago sky and la made work of seattle um i i let's not even fool around rachel we got to hop into the sky aces game and get going on this because that was i mean ridiculous talk to me talk to me i mean i guess i'm just thankful that there is there was a day <laughs> in between for a little bit of recovery before we head into these semifinal uh, beginning rounds but i mean it, it i'm i'm still pretty much at a loss for words i i've never in my life seen anything like that um in terms of the last series of events with the vandersloot turnover and um <laughs> obviously the shot by Hamby, which was just absolutely unbelievable. There's just so many things to dissect with it. And uh, to really, I, I genuinely sat there in the chair for like 30 minutes after the game and just like blank stared into the wall. Cause I couldn't believe what I just witnessed. I mean, the, the thing that was so hard to, to comprehend was I really felt like the sky outplayed Las Vegas. Um, Agreed for the majority of the game, you know, and you really felt like Chicago was going to run away with it. Um, you really felt like they had control because they, they seemed like the more poised team and, and the team that was under control, you know, th through the majority of the game. So in my mind, I really was like, I'd kind of crossed them, crossed Las Vegas off. I was, I was prepared for Chicago to advance. And then, you know, the, you, you throw the ball in to Courtney Vandersloot, who's the best point guard in the world. You know, I'm not even just going to say the league. She's the best point guard in the world. And there's no coach, no fan, no person in the country who could legitimately give me a better reason as to give me a better person who you would want the ball in their hands. The final few seconds of a game like that, you know, and so you get the ball exactly where you want it to go. And and I think the the she, she starts running backwards. And that was the biggest error of wanting to kind of kind of run the clock off um, and wanting to avoid the foul and then realizing maybe a little bit of, oh, oh God, like the eight-second count, so let's play keep away, and then looking up and really truly believing that Diamond to Shields was open, uh, making that pass. The interception by Hamby was um, incredible um, anticipation on her half. And and then, of course, the, the craziest thing, obviously with Hamby, like like – no comprehension of what what the shot clock was, you know, it was like four points. Where the out of bounds line was. Yeah, we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, but you know, just just heaving up a hail mary half court shot with less than five seconds still on the clock and two players open under the basket. I mean, it was just the most bizarre, crazy thing I've ever seen in in probably women's basketball. And I, and I I'm I'm I stand by that because it was just that insane. And I mean. Um, your your heart goes out to Courtney Vandersloot because um, 
because of who she is, because of what she means for this team, what what she's done for this team. I mean, it, let's be honest, Chicago is not in the playoffs if it's not for Courtney Vandersloot, you know, and um, Chicago's not doing the things they did this this season without their leader in Courtney Vandersloot. So, um, you know, you, you definitely feel for her because it's just like, can <laughs> you'd give anything in the world to have that possession back one more time. Um, but, you know, for the Aces, I mean, Derricka Hamby kind of, I mean, she, she she handled it well. And I think you know, her response after the game was perfect. You know, God God was on our side or, you know, it was just kind of a, a prayer. I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, she she openly admits that. It was just, and honestly, you know, sometimes that happens. And these fluke end of game scenarios and the fact that it was a single elimination game between two teams that I think is, uh, we really start to see a rivalry brewing here, um, just made it that much more intense and and it was heavy i mean that was that was a lot um but you know obviously now the discussion being um what was she out of bounds some of the different angles some of the different screenshots people have shared um that that's a tough one you know it, it really is a tough discussion and um unfortunately you know the rules of the game don't allow for review unless she actually did step out of bounds from my understanding. If, if I'm wrong, someone please correct me, but um, it, it obviously everything points to a man that, that really should have been reviewed. Why wasn't it? I'm so confused. And I, and I think that's kind of the question everybody has because, you know, there's, there's some pretty damning angles there, you know, that really make you question um, was she out of bounds. And honestly, if you watch the, if you watch the playback, which I'm sure we all have a thousand times, the immediate reaction of James Wade, um, right there, and and everything happened so fast right for everybody, let alone the refs, let alone for players, and his immediate reaction when she caught it and where she hit the ground, um, I thought was pretty telling to me. Uh, but like I said, you know, I did. It's water under the bridge at this point, obviously, but um, it is it is a little bit unfortunate because you you do kind of sit here for for the Chicago sky fans and for the sky team, it's like, you really feel like that, that should have been reviewed. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, all right, let's, let's be real. That is a freaking punch to the gut because you were, you watch that. She clearly stepped out of bounds. I get, all right, fine. That's what the rule is. My thing is, is like, and, and when Rachel and I were talking about this before we, we hopped on this episode, I said, this kind of reminds me of an NFL thing where it's like, okay, you know, you might have stepped out of bounds or whatever, but we can't overturn it unless there's a clear change of possession or like it like if she stepped out of bounds, that's a clear change of possession. The sky get the ball right there. Play over. So for me, that's why I feel like that needs to be something that you can review just because it's such a clear cut. Like, yeah. All right. Obviously, whether or not she stepped out of bounds, we can argue about whether or not that's clear cut. And the referee maybe would say it wasn't enough evidence. We don't have that angle. So we can't do that. But for me, when it's something as simple as stepping out of bounds that just like that would switch possessions, I think you got to be able to review that. That's my take. Um, my other take is, I mean, we, we've been talking about this. Diamond Shields, everyone can keep going, oh, she she's a star. She, yes, she blew up this playoffs. I mean, she came ready to play. Now, when you're talking about championship caliber teams, it comes down to a few things. It comes to your stars performing at top level when when the spotlight's on them and it comes to your role players really stepping up and having that little bit of playoff magic we saw that from Steph Dolson we saw that from Parker we saw that from Copper we saw all the elements this team needed to win and just like you said the whole game it kind of felt that they dictated the flow of this game 
But Quigley goes 0 for 6 from 3. Sloot had 12 assists, but also struggled to get the ball in the hoop. I mean, when you're looking at this and you say the stars need to perform, there were some stars who it's questionable whether or not they performed. They get to the very end, but something I've been saying all year about the Aces, that hustle, that grit, that determination, that ability to kind of stay on the tail of teams throughout a whole game and make a late second push, that shows a vet savviness that wins championships. That's what you get from, you know, the Seattle Storm last year, from the Minnesota Lynx for the seven years before that, for the L.A. Sparks in the year that they won their championship. For various teams, that's how you win championships. Having that ability to say the game's never over, um, I'm I'm still shocked by it. I, I'm just like, what happened? Because for me, and, and we t- I talked about this on a podcast episode with Justin uh, previewing the game, when I first looked at this game, I go, Sky got this. Like, Sky's going to run away with this. And then when you start looking at the matchups and the breakdowns, you start going, huh maybe the aces got this yeah. well and i think I, 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 that that's a fantastic point you know i mean we all could talk about those final few seconds obviously we're going to be talking about that for a very long time but this is a course of a, a 40 minute game and there's a lot of things that happened in that first quarter the second quarter the third quarter that as a team you know as as a competitor you have to be able to sit back on and think man i could have done better at that man we 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 turned the ball over there hey you know we had some empty possessions here it's so easy when it comes down to the wire like that to pin things on this type of scenario which is is daunting i mean it's it's unbelievable what ha- what happened but there are there are a thousand things and i i think i felt like vegas um was really behind in this game because of the turnovers you know they turned the ball over 18 so many turnovers. yeah they, they, they mean, turned the ball chicago's defense was suffocating. yeah yeah i mean that chicago it just felt like they had them really locked down they, they were really Rachel, i need to ask did you ever think we would ever say anything that positive about chicago's defense this year <laughs> yeah that's a good point that's a good point because they were they they really they really defended i think they've really frustrated vegas in blocks because Vegas would then come back in a couple of moments and go on these runs, you know, these 7-0, these 11-0 runs. Um, so it wasn't a consistent effort for 40 minutes. It was like they would shut them down for a few possessions and Ve- or Vegas would be throwing the ball over the gym. But then they'd make a run. Um, and so I think it felt like Vegas was behind and Sky, the, you know, Chicago Sky were in control because of that turnover margin um and the points they were getting off of those turnovers i mean for the end at the end of the day they had 11 more possessions on the game um just just different shot attempts because of the turnovers i mean that's a big time number i mean but if you really step step back and you look at the stats um you know vegas was able to out rebound chicago 44 to 36 that's a big time number um, they got to the free throw line way more than Chicago did, which, you know, people, people who are complaining about that, um, you know, the, the three point percentages, um, Vegas didn't shoot nearly as much, but they end up going six for 13. Chicago goes nine for 32, which is a really bad percentage for a team like Chicago. And so if you really look at the specific numbers throughout the course of the game, Vegas on paper should have won that game. But it just felt like because of the flow of the game and the way the game was played, Chicago was in control. So you're exactly right bringing up some of those shooting percentages, numbers, and some of those some of those household names that we've become accustomed to. You know, they didn't shoot the ball well, and that's unfortunate. Let's flip it over to L.A. versus Storm, uh, Spark Storm game in L.A. And I think 
there was a consensus between the talking heads, at least uh, in our our mind pack, if you want to call it that. Um, there was a consensus that like the Storm have done amazing this year. They have that scariness to them where it's super, super intimidating team. But there's been points where their offense just dwindled and it was very confusing. And and they've they've been able to pin their ears back and really, you know, play through that defense. We saw that against Minnesota in round one, that stifling defense, holding D-Rob and uh, Odyssey Sims to one total point. One total point. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if that's D-Rob, fine, I get it. But both of them, come on. Um, but the question was, if they're not going to be able to really attack the Achilles heel of this LA Sparks team, the three ball, then it's not happening. They're not pulling it off. And I just want to run down some stats for you. For me going into the game, I said it's going to be key for Jewel Lloyd to get away from the three ball and attack the paint. We need to see a fully healthy Jewel Lloyd get in the paint and get some shots in because then she's going to get some free throw attempts, get those free points. She was one for one from free throws. Mm -hmm. You have Alicia Clark. Number one shooting percentage from three-pointers this season, shot one three-pointer, 0 for 1. She only drops five points. That was a key aspect. And then Sammy Wickham goes one for four from three, just getting three points total. I mean, those are the players that I kind of pinned in my mind saying, all right, if they want to win, these players are going to have to step up and have a good game. They got shut down. Big game from Chelsea Gray, 21 points. NECA, obviously, with 17. Um, Raquano with 11. I mean, it, it's, it kind of went as we expected where – Seattle was able to stay around for a while. And then in the second, I mean, I really it was the second, but Seattle made the third a little bit more entertaining. But LA just really ran away from yeah, Seattle. Yeah, I mean, they ran out of gas. <laughs> you know, there, there's really nothing nothing more to say about Seattle besides, you know, they, they, they come out of the shoot pretty pretty well. They've got some energy. We're playing. We're, we're staying with it. It's kind of a back and forth game. Things are pretty exciting. They even came out of the shoot at halftime, you know, and um we're playing with him a little bit, but at the end of the day, I mean, what, what was supposed to happen (laughs) in a game like this with kind of where we were at happened, you know, LA is playing as well as any team in the league right now. And um, really vying they're healthy. They're they're, They've got their eye on another finals appearance. There's no doubt about that. Um, And in Seattle, I mean, for, for what this team has been this year, now there's talent. Don't get me wrong. I could go on all day about Jordan, Jordan, Canada and, um, Natasha yeah. Howard, how, how how incredible she is on the basketball floor. I mean, there's there's talent on this team, but it's just not enough. You know, I think you do need more from Jewel Lloyd. I don't know how she's going to really step back and look at you know the the entirety of this season and kind of grade herself from an, from you know kind of needing to step up in moments with obviously having Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart out. I I would be curious. We we should dive into that later. Uh, you can't say enough about the player Mercedes Russell stepping in and doing some things, but honestly. They ran out of gas, you know, defensively being able to find ways to stop this this L.A. team was just it wasn't going to happen. You know, so I think your analysis is spot on in terms of just the three ball L.A. L.A. finishes 11, 11 for 27 you know, for close to 41 percent. And they're feeling it. They're playing at home and, and um, they did what they were supposed to do. They did what probably all of us anticipated was going to happen. But it's not a knock on Seattle. I mean, I, I'm, I'm impressed with Seattle's season. I'm impressed with the play of some of these youngsters and i.e. specifically Jordan Canada on this team. And, and I mean, this team fit. You shut your mouth and you give respect to Mercedes Russell. Your name. <laughs> Mercedes, Mercedes Russell, obviously. I mean, kind of a, a huge surprise in a lot of ways because I don't know 
talk about someone who was being who was ready to go and her number was called, you know, and, and really stepped into uh, a position where she didn't really anticipate that probably being her role and, and really came came up big. And so, I mean, this this Seattle team faced as as much, if not the most adversity of any team this season and handled it with a great deal of grace, in my opinion. And you have to give a lot of credit to that, that you know, them getting to the playoffs and being as competitive as, as they have been this year, uh, I think really surprised a lot of people and you, you have to credit that. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Well, let's, let's move on. Let's flip forward uh, today. This episode's coming out today, two games tonight. We got the WNBA 2019 semi. Finals. Las Vegas has traveled to DC at 8:30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll take on the Washington Mystics. In this game, honestly, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I kind of looking at the two matchups, um, I kind of view this as that Seattle uh, Mercury matchup from last year, where you know whoever wins this is kind of the the presumed winner of the finals. Not to throw shade at the Sparks or the Sun, but let's be real. I mean, the at least in my opinion. Mystics have been complete tear of this league all year long. I will say I don't have that same dominating confidence that I had in Seattle last year or Minnesota or LA in the years before that. But I do have that confidence that that the Mystics are that next level team. The question is, how do they come out in game one? We know that these teams are cursed (laughs) when they play each other. So I hope the game starts on time and there isn't like a monsoon or some random freak of nature attack on on the stadium like oh I'm, I'm calling it now like some random thing's gonna fall from the ceiling in the game like before the game like a banner you know like it, there's no way this game goes on without don't a hit that out into the atmosphere. don't put that out into the atmosphere <laughs> all right fine i take it back i take it but everyone knows what i'm getting at like an earth there's gonna be an earthquake in like some other country that somehow is going to only affect like Southeast DC and that court. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's how crazy we're getting right now. Um, But I, I, I just think both these teams have shown throughout the season at various different points, that championship poise, that ability, like I said before, to kind of stick around in a game then put the foot to the gas, run through it, win it. Um, So I'm excited to see what happens in, in the series. I mean, Mystics won the, won the regular season series uh, two to one. It, I mean, the, the two games they won were pretty big wins. The one game they lost was a close game. So if you want to use that as a barometer, um, I mean, I, I got to think, you know, just initially thinking Mystics pull this off and go for a repeat uh, into the into the WNBA finals. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you. I think Washington by far has the upper hand here. Um, and not to sound like a broken record, I mean, can 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 Washington do it come come semifinal time come come playoff time you know that that's obviously the 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 elephant in the room and what everyone's kind of thinking about how is this Mystics team going to perform especially after getting that double bye sometimes it can be challenging for a team who has kind of been resting um the double bye is very coveted and yes in a lot of ways it's a huge advantage but shoot it's been my experience at a lot of times where it's it's kind of sometimes um, it takes you a minute to get back into it, <laughs> you know, so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Washington kind of come out maybe a little bit flat, uh, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we saw them come out and jump out to a 12-0 run. Um, so I think there's a kind of a huge question mark there, but I, I'm totally with you on one of these teams, you know, is going to go win it all. That's kind of what my my gut instinct says, and, and I, I'm I, I, pick, I picked Las Vegas uh, early in the season, so I have to stand by it. But um, I, I, I'm I'm 
a little bit disappointed. I'm very much disappointed in the inconsistencies that we've seen from them, you know, through the course of this season, especially the last month. However, you know, a team that just ran out of jail, who broke out of jail (laughs) a few nights ago um, with as much momentum and hype that they are feeling right now, you can't help but wonder, you know, is that mystic staff is that is that mystics team sitting there like oh man you know is is this is this las vegas team a team you want to be playing right now because i think on the flip side they could come in their guns completely ablazing with a ton of momentum like a bunch of gangbusters like we all know they can do but the, the question mark has always been consistency with vegas and and do they have enough to go win a five game series against Washington. I don't know, but they have to be able to win one of these two at Washington. They have to be able to steal one. And in in my opinion, it's tonight. They have to be able to win that first one to give themselves a chance. If they fall 0-2 and and head back to Vegas, it's done. But if they can steal one in in Washington, um, in particular tonight, I think this is the big one. They're going to have a chance at this series. I'm going to flip that on its head. And I'm going to say, am I crazy to think that you know, winning on such a play kind of does negative effects for the rest of the season. Um, not now. I know there's a lot of comparisons to the to the Weatherspoon uh, half court lob. I know. I know we are getting a lot a lot of people talking about that. But if if I remember correctly, they did not win the championship that yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, it, it honestly, I, in, in my opinion, it's fifty fifty. It go it goes one of two. I mean, it goes either way. And I know that's a cop out, but I mean, I really feel like in. Ex- how do you recover from that? How do you get the, the, the energy level back up from, from that feeling? Like, how do you, how do you it, not have energy from after that? I mean, that was the most incredible shot we've seen in years. I, well, I, I agree with you. I mean, so that's what I'm saying. Like I hear, I hear your point. It could come out and just be like, Holy crap. We're thankful. We made it. We got our charter flight. We made it to the semifinals. This is great for our franchise. I just think it's, it's that level. It's that level of like, I mean, this is a weird, weird comparison, but, um, and Rachel as an athlete, uh, like a real athlete, not me, um, will, will tell me I'm an idiot for saying this, but I feel like if you ever have one of those epic nights where you're out with your friends and you're raging, you're having a good time, maybe it's a friend's wedding. And then it's a hangover. Then, like, yeah, it's it's that hangover effect where you're kind of just like you you pause for like if you let it sink in for a moment, and then you have the Rachel and the wall where you're just staring at the wall, like Absolutely. that just happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that I think that that to me is why I am so excited for not not this series, but this first game, you know, because this first game is gonna tell us everything, in my opinion, um, based on just how everything has played out with LA or uh, with, with Las Vegas. I, I really, I really feel like this team, it's a huge question mark. You don't know what's going to show up in any given night. And even after, you know, like talking about that play or talking about that last win, what's going to show up after that? We don't know. And it's, it's, it's scary. It's got to be a little bit daunting for Washington sitting here going like, well, what the hell, you know, like, they, they, they just, like I said, got out of jail with it, with the most criminal win of the history of (laughs) women's basketball. And they're coming here and it's like, what, what, what are we going to get? All right, well, let's just be us. We have to be prepared. We have to be ready to go. And so it's going to be a great, it's a great series. If, if there's a team who can beat Washington, in my opinion, it's the aces. They've done it. I have a hard time. You know, I thought this, I thought it was going to be this guy. Maybe. I yeah. I mean, for sure. There are obviously other teams, but I, Vegas has the, the, the firepower. They've got the offensive power. They can defend when they decide that they want to which hasn't really shown up a ton the last month and a half, but 
you know, at one point they were one of the best defensive teams in the league. So they've got got the, they've got the skill, they've got the power, they've got everything, all the tools to be able to do it. It's just, is it going to happen? That's the question mark. And I, so I think because of the inconsistencies, you have to tip your hat to Washington in this five game series. And, but I, I mean, in, in terms of all like the craziness, it's, I know that Washington is ahead, you know, two to one, um, in, in, the in the series, but, you know, obviously God, that last game, you know, we played half and that was bizarre, but I was stepping back and I was like, well, you can't really count that one. I was like, yeah, you can, because like half that we saw, I mean, that thing was getting blown out of the water. So, um, you know, well, all signs point to Washington advancing to the finals, but again, you just never know. The aces have, the aces have it. We're just going to see if they can bring it. Let's uh, let's flip it over to a little bit more northeast. The Connecticut Sun and the Los Angeles Sparks in Connecticut. Game one. Uh, right now, the Sparks are hot. I mean, they they end the season on a uh, let's see one two three game win streak. Then they beat Seattle. So now they're on a four game win streak. And then flip it. Connecticut loses the last two games of the regular season before going into the playoffs. A little bit concerning. Um, got blown out by Indiana. Obviously, there wasn't much to play for at that point. Chicago beats them in overtime, and for me, this is a interesting, interesting game. This is the one where, you know, the betting lines are close, as they say, where I, I could see this going either way. Obviously, L.A. takes this, the, the regular season series 2-1, to one, and honestly, there were some really close games. These teams match up really well. There's obviously a little bit of bad blood. We can't deny this. Shnei Gumake gets traded to LA early in the season, basically a wholesale price. And for my, for my take, it's going to kind of dictate the Connecticut Suns legacy. We know this team has been together. Kurt Miller has talked about it. I've been calling them the sleeper team of the season for the past three years. At this point, they can't be the sleeper anymore, but they need to get something done in the playoffs. When you talk DC, the biggest criticism is, can they win it when it's the big show? And when you talk about Connecticut, it's, can they just win it in the playoffs? Not even the big show. Can they win it in the playoffs? And so, like, I think if you're if you're looking at this game, you have to think to some extent that that the the, the you got to lean towards LA a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't blame you there. I mean, LA <laughs> is as hot as anyone else in the league right now, outside of probably Washington. You know, winning winning their last three and and playing very well. They're healthy. I mean. They've, they've kind of flown under the radar with this steady pace through the course of the season. We've not talked about the LA Sparks to the magnitude in which we've talked about them in years past. I mean, they've, you know, they, they, this is a obvious uh, offensively firepowered team. Chelsea Gray is as dominant come playoff time as, as, as anyone. And so um, I think Connecticut is, is a little bit of a question mark. I mean, it, it, it's a little bit similar to like Washington, although I don't think they're playing as well as Washington um, come playoff time. Um, they, they've never been in the situation where they've been, a, been able to secure that double buy. So I'm curious to see how that, that is handled with them, how they kind of come out. Uh, am I, wait, am I ridiculous to, to think that like this whole time, you know, the past two, three years, they've been looking to get that, or I guess two years trying to get that double buy and now they finally get it. And now that like, watch them just come up. No, I don't, I don't think you are at all. I don't think you are at all because I don't, and it's not, that's not a conscious thought process. That's not something that's talked about. Obviously that that's not what anyone on that team is thinking, but you know, they, they, they have talked about that first round getting knocked out so many times and now you've got the double buy, you've been resting, 
I don't know. I don't know. I do think this series will go to five, which is going to be fantastic. <laughs> we, all, we all can agree on that. Yeah. Although my, my cardiac oh, yeah. arrest uh, that I had the other night, I might have another episode of that, but um, yeah. Connecticut's phenomenal at home. You know, they're 15 and two at home, whereas LA has struggled on the road, you know, just finishing seven for 10. So I think that that's a huge advantage for the sun being able to, to, to be at home these first two games. Um, but I, I do, I think this series is going to go to five. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath. <laughs> um, and we might see LA come out and steal this first one just because of the momentum that they have. They've, they've got their legs under them a little bit. Um, and Connecticut hasn't played. They have not played. And, and that's kind of the, um, I don't know, uh, what, 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 what's, what's the phrase you always say to me? Devil's advocate um, into that double buys that can kind of be a little bit of an issue. Um, it's nice because you get to rest and you get to prepare and you get to focus on yourself. But on the flip side, you haven't played. And sometimes that can that can kind of mess with teams a little bit. But this is going to be a bloodbath. I mean, just the, the, this series is going to be one of the greatest matchups we've seen in terms of just kind of WNBA playoff um, history, I, I feel like with with the way with how talented these teams are, with the the firepower on these teams, um, we're going to see some some come down to the wire type of games, and it's going to be insane. I, I really do feel that. I don't know that I don't know that my heart's ready for it, but um, I don't know. I don't know who's going to run away with it. I don't. I think I think you have very good reason to say that LA will, and I think part of me is kind of leaning. My thing is, and I I feel like a broken record because I just keep talking about the weakness of LA. It, I mean, like, look, If to me, if you're talking LA's weakness, it's two things. The real weakness is the three-point ball. They can't defend the three-line. Like, it, everyone needs to know that. Um, the other weakness, which we see less and less of that being a danger, is their undersized bigs. Yes, they have some bench players who can come in and be real-sized bigs, but the people who actually play are a little bit undersized. And I don't think we're necessarily going to see that as a huge issue in the rest of these playoffs. Um, but let's talk about real briefly a couple players, Rachel, that we're eyeing that we think are key players for this for these teams to win. My first one, I, like John Quill Jones, is an obvious one, right? But offensively, Courtney Williams is going to need to yeah. be on fire. She's going to need to be, you know, diamond to shield style, right there. Yeah, I agree. I think Courtney Williams has got to step up big in this series, in particular. Uh, with the way matchups are, and just from an off- offensive standpoint, what you know, we've seen Courtney Williams be able to go off for 25, 30 points a game. She's going to have to have to have to have some big nights um, offensively for, for for Connecticut to advance to the finals. So I'm totally with you there, Run Courtney Williams. And and I'll I'll talk about you know earlier we were saying role players really need to have a little bit of that magic if they really want to do good. For me, obviously Minnesota, close to my home, I'm going with Rachel Bantam. She's got that three ball experience. That's going to be a key element. We're going to need to see players like her or players like Plaisons step up and have a little bit of that, a little bit of that pixie dust, a little bit of that magic if they want to see a victory here. Um, is there anybody bench players on uh, Connecticut that's kind of sticking out to you? I don't know that I'm not necessarily bench players, but I was going to talk about Shakina Strickland. You know, we, oh. we, I, she's, she's, uh, she, she started out really hot this year and, and was just, phenomenal from the three-point line and she's going to have to step up big as well I mean she's shooting 38 percent from the field season which is which is which is good but she's going to have to have some big nights as well all right let's flip it over to the sparks honestly you could pick anybody on this roster and say this person is ridiculously important blah 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 um something that I'm gonna like the thing that's scariest for me with the sparks is you have 
uh, TRP starting, let's say. Obviously, they might switch up the lineups. But <clears throat> then you have Beard coming off the bench. She hasn't gotten full minutes this season. She is still an elite defender. I don't care what you want to say. And having her as a bench player to kind of throw in there and just say, hey, we're going to give you 10 minutes or like the next five minutes just right now, put something that just disrupts them. Just disrupt them. And she can do that. And that's why she's going to be a key player for me as a role player who needs that magic. But talking offensively, I mean, I, I know Chelsea Gray is going to get hers, but Raquana Williams is, to me, if the Sparks win the championship, Raquana is going to be a huge element in this championship run. I love your take on Beard. She is so disruptive in a game, and when she is on the court, the things that she brings for this Sparks team, they, 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 they in a lot, a lot of ways look like a completely different team. Um, and in a, in a positive way, you know, she just brings that presence, um, that, that championship feel with her on the court. And I'm so glad that she's back and, and we can talk about her in, in that capacity, because I agree with you. Like she, she's just a difference maker and it doesn't, it may not always show up in the stat sheet, but she is a big time difference maker for this Sparks team. But offensively, I mean, it's, it's hard to really pin a specific person because at any, at any night, you know, NECA could go off. Chelsea could go off. Raquana Williams could go off. Candace Parker could go off. You know, I so saw it, it is kind of hard to say, but I think you have to have balanced scoring. You're going to have to have at least four players and double figures every single night to be able to offset Connecticut. Um, and I think, I think, I think you need some big time play from Shanae Ogumke. Um And, and I think someone who can be able to maybe come out and have a big night herself. Um, come out and and see a big time 20 point 25 point night out of Shanae might be you know the difference maker of a win or a loss but but in at least one of these matchups in my opinion so I think the balance scoring um, TRP has been been stepping up major for the Sparks lately Uh, Raquana Williams is I think if I had to pin one person I agree with you of you know, she, she has what it takes to be able to step up and, and have some major nights offensively. But I, I don't think I don't think either of these teams are necessarily going to struggle to score. It's going to come down to, you know, matchups, being able to defend and, and being able to handle each other's runs. Yeah, I agree. Um, let, let's just do a, a, a prediction for game one. Um, I'm going to contradict myself because I'm going to I'm going to go with the home teams. Both home teams are going to win game one, in my opinion. OK. Um, I think LA is going to steal the first one tonight at Connecticut. Um, and I feel as if Washington's going to win tonight as well. All right. Well, appreciate that. And check in with us. We're going to have, Hey, we're going to have follow-ups. We're going to have more episodes and more episodes till your ears are bleeding because we believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect the men's sports receive on a daily basis. Please consider joining our Patreon community. To help support us in the hard work that we do. 